0: Are you aware? I wrote a book. Of course you are, unless you're a first-time listener. I wrote a book called I'd Rather Talk to Dead People about my experiences at some of the most notoriously haunted locations in the world. Find out why Johnny G's Beat says one of my 2020 favorites, or why Christina says wonderfully written and exciting. Katie says it's one of her best reads ever. Corey says it's paranormal investigating with heart, head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and just search "I'd Rather Talk to Dead People" by me, Kitsy Duncan. All Podcast. All creepy. Crypto.
1: Another world. Another world.
0: And we're back always <laughs> always until you can't get rid of us yes until december and we decided to take another hiatus like we did last year because nick i think that's gonna be a thing
1: yeah i feel like I, <laughs> I feel like we did and then we were back in no time i mean at least for us it felt i don't know how the listeners felt yeah. but i feel like we took like a month hiatus and it felt like a week and then we were just back yeah
0: No, literally, it totally did. I don't know. Should we just start calling each year a season? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, we'll think about that.
1: Start over from scratch. Be like season two, episode one. Oh, that would be really weird, though. I'm not gonna
0: lie, (laughs) because this (laughs) is episode. Yeah, this is episode one fifty three. I think so.
1: Mm -hmm. hmm.
0: Something to ponder. We -hmm. shall think about it. I am prepared. It's been a hot minute, but I have show notes. I didn't have to, at 30 seconds before I started this Zoom meeting, find a paranormal story and this, that, and the other. Did I write my story today? Absolutely. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way, shape, or form, but I've got the stuff and the things. um, And I'm, So Chris and I are working on selling the house. We decided, you know, the market's hot right now, Mm -hmm. and there's two of us in 5,000 square feet. We have two guest bedrooms, two workout rooms that the dogs are part of, um, three or four offices. So, you know, it's just a lot for two people and their their large dogs. And um, I was worried that the bubble was going to burst soon, you know, a la 2008, Mm -hmm. like it did. So we had a realtor out. She it was actually the realtor who sold us this house. I hadn't seen her in 20 years. It was it was kind of neat. Um but we're taking her on the tour and she's like blah, 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 blah. And I brought her in here. I said, Don't worry, you know, all of this will be a lot less spooky, you know, when it's time to show the house. I'll put the Ouija boards away. She's like, Ouija board? I haven't played with a Ouija board in forever. Oh. We should do that. Oh. So she's all about my creepy little podcast studio, which I thought was absolutely amazing.
1: That, well, I'm, I'm learning like more and more late, as of lately that it's coming up in conversation that like people weren't allowed, like parents wouldn't allow the kids to play with a Ouija board, even though you can buy them in the board game section. Mm-hmm. Like multi generations of kids, parents were like, no. I draw the line there and so I I find it interesting because I think people have gone, if you're like not into it when you're a kid and your parents say no, you probably don't really think about it again. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it crosses your mind. So I do think there's a lot of people in their like late 20s, early 30s, like mid 40s and even mid 50s who like can't, who have never touched one or okay. even know fully what it is, because like, what well, '80s was like Satanic Panic, and '70s uh, The
0: Exorcist came out.
1: The Exorcist was '70s. '90s was like, I don't know. I think people like had their shit together, but there was like the internet that was on the rise that people didn't know what to do. So like, no Creepy demonic stuff
0: came about. Yeah, Reddit yeah.
1: came. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that was the one thing. Like Ouija boards were like the TikTok of of like the 70s through the early 2000s I feel like. For sure.
0: And you know everybody's coming <laughs> out of the closet with their their love for the paranormal recently. I don't know if it's maybe yeah. just because I'm so immersed in it and I it's usually something I don't bring up in conversation when I first meet somebody just because I don't need that. Well, you need to find Jesus cuz I've gotten that. But more and more <laughs> I like I went for a massage The other day, therapeutic massage, my shoulders finally just becoming unkinked. And it's it's been years. I'm so excited anyway. But my (laughs) massage therapist, who is lovely, all of a sudden she's like, well, I'm a witch. I'm like, girl, bring it in. (laughs) I mean, just in conversation. I'm like, me too.
1: (laughs) I feel like the like the more that I hear that and the more paranormal shows that get greenlit and the more. Alien shows that get greenlit. I think, like, the alien thing, the government, it's sort of like a, hey, look at us. We have a talking point that we can get your attention on. Mm -hmm. But I feel like ghosts and stuff, we talk a lot on this show about wishing that there were more scientific organizations who would look into it. But I feel like if they did, it would probably take away the supernatural element of ghosts. And I feel like it's such... A top like just a hot topic for television, for books, for uh tourism, for Podcasts. all of the stuff, that- <laughs> podcast for everything that like if we put more attention on it that w- that was professional attention and not like surface level on the like boots on the ground attention, it would probably take away from all of these successful markets. Yeah, which no, is, I just I don't know. It's interesting. Like now I'm kind of like I don't want. know more. I just want to know what I know and then what the people around me know.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I do love that it's becoming more mainstream. um, And this is a perfect segue. So thank you so very much. Oh, by the way, this is Oddity Files, (laughs) the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan.
1: (laughs) And I'm still Nick Floyd. Thank God.
0: Um, (laughs) So KJ and I did our first spirit session, a private spirit session this past week. And First and foremost, it was absolutely amazing. It was a friend of KJ's, now a friend of mine, who uh, lives on this gorgeous property in Shelbyville, Indiana, that has this barn still standing on it that's been out there forever, he's turned into a wedding venue. I think it's Brook Acre Farms. And if not, I will voiceover and put that in when I edit this. Nope, that's Hidden Brook Acres in Shelbyville, Indiana. But he had some friends out. I had a fangirl moment when I found out a local coroner was in attendance (laughs) at our little spirit session seance. I had all the questions for her but um it was so amazing and these are people that don't aren't you know into all the ghost shit that i'm in the shows the movies the documentaries the podcasts and things like that these are just your average everyday people who who are interested and it was it's so neat but i have to remember to reel it in and explain who I am and why I'm into it and things like that because I mean my my bubble, my inner circle, everybody knows all that, but when I'm going out meeting these new people, they're like, well who are you to to bring in this box and bring me my my loved ones in spirit? you know so KJ kind of reeled me and she's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> but, People's loved ones and friends that had passed had come through. But the most magical part of it was there were some, there was a couple, a past couple that was on the land that this uh, couple built their house on. And they're so happy about this wedding venue. They kept going weddings, weddings, weddings over and over again with the spirit box. But I I didn't, (laughs) it kept coming through the name Holden. Holden and I'm like and KJ's like maybe it's hold on because sometimes the spirits will be like wait a minute I need to figure out how, how this works but towards the end of it I was just like okay I keep hearing Holden uh, who is Holden and the name Pat and Millie came over immediately afterwards. And apparently they were, they're attached to the land and they love what Jeff and Brad are doing with their wedding venue. And it was actually really cool. And the the very next day I was getting messages from Jeff saying, oh, we found this Holden family that
1: was so far from here
0: and blah, 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 blah. It was so very
1: cool. That's amazing. It's like, it's funny people you meet for the first time with that kind of stuff that aren't really share the same mind as us and our listeners as well you kind of it's hard to figure out what the right first step is you can't just say right away that you've seen bigfoot or you've you know made contact with with this spirit of that you can't really you have to navigate a way to get there yeah um because if you just like dive right in with people who aren't really on board with it, (laughs) you kind of lose them pretty quickly
0: well, I've started, when people ask what I do, saying, I'm a producer for a paranormal TV show and podcast. So I just get it right out of the way. And I, yeah. and I sit there like, eh, what are they going to say?
1: Well, that's but the easiest it. place to start. Because then if they're interested, then they can ask you like, oh, well, what's the craziest thing you've seen? And then, of course, after you say like, you tell that story, then probably the follow-up is, yeah, but like, is it all real? Yeah. And then you can kind of navigate that.
0: Well, funnily enough, not that funnily is even a word, more often than not, people are telling me, oh my gosh, I have a story as opposed to what I've seen and why I'm interested in it. So it's cool. We're coming out of the closet, us paranormal peeps, and I kind of love it.
1: Yeah, most people do have a story. And when they don't, it's not like, well, I don't believe in that stuff. It's just people like, "Ah, I wish I did. Yeah. Like, that's usually what it is. is It's people who wish they had a story. And if they... There's like three types of people. People who have a story, people who wish they had a story, and then people refuse to believe in it because their faith tells them that they can't. Mm -hmm. And that's usually it. Even though having... If you ever have the opportunity, and I mean, I don't know how you would know if you did. I feel like you would know who, who you have trust built with. But talking... Paranormal with someone who leans heavily into faith is one of the most fascinating conversations you could probably ever have. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming
0: up. So if you're lacking conversation at the dinner table,
1: (laughs) there you go. Perfect opportunity. it's, It's always like you have to know it's a hot button topic, but you have to know kind of what angles to take and you have to have trust built with the person to know where to take it, but it is such an interesting conversation. Yeah, so maybe to have. not family. And I, I recommend it if you can, but no, probably not family. But maybe also family. I mean, well, if you trust somebody enough, maybe.
0: So I, I've got more on my list, but I feel like I'm completely taking over this conversation. So what's new with you, Nick?
1: Absolutely nothing. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, please keep talking. I have I have nothing uh, go- going on at all. So. <laughs> Well, as this um, episode drops, I will
0: be in Massachusetts for Ocean State Paracon. So Mm. if you guys are out there, come see me Saturday. Just go to um, RiseUpParanormal.com. All the information is there. And then this Sunday, Paranormal Crossroad has an event in Halifax, Massachusetts. Um, You can find all that information at... ParanormalCrossroad.com. Hopefully, uh, the event in Halifax will be sold out because it's super close right now. So uh, definitely check for tickets if you're out that way. Also, I've been a very busy little beaver, if you will. Paranormal Crossroad has some pretty huge event announcements coming up here towards the end of November. So I'm, that's Ooh. kind of like a vague post kind of vibe going on with that. I can't tell you anymore, or I'd have to kill you. But <laughs> make sure you follow Paranormal Crossroad on all the stuffs and all the things. It's Paranormal X Road, Airware. We also just released a second part of an investigation of the TV show. Uh, we met Crystal and Dave. This past spring, and did an investigation there, and then uh, both of those episodes have dropped as of the time this podcast comes out. Find Paranormal X Road on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I'm really bad at trying to get people to subscribe to stuff and things, but hey, you should be <laughs> subscribed to this podcast by the way too. I'm just 100%. saying. On all Never the miss apps. A moment. Yep. Oh and so i'm wearing i'm wearing my resting witch face shirt because i found out recently that disney is released has released their evil queen's version of tarot cards oh yes So um, I have an obsession with Mr. Madam Adam on all the stuff and all the things. I think he's Madam Adam 13. I'm not sure. Instagram, his tarot card readings are the absolute best. He holds nothing back and tells a bitch what she should and should not be doing. He uses the word bitch (laughs) quite often, and I love it. So he announced, like, it it was like Christmas for me. All of a sudden, you know, you've got a reel on Instagram, and it's just him with this Shirt on that says Hogwarts alumni, but I saw hashtag Disney in the just in the the what is it called
1: when you write the description?
0: Yeah, I guess sure. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe he doesn't know that Harry Potter is not Disney and it's Universal because he's there in Orlando. So I'm like, there's no way he could not know this. And then I started playing the reel, and all of a sudden he holds up this deck of cards. And it's the Disney tarot set. And I literally just ordered it this morning off of Amazon. But in that progress, because I was searching where to buy it, I didn't know if I had to go through Disney or what. But they're also, Amazon is taking pre-orders for a Hocus Pocus tarot deck. So all us witches are super freaking excited
1: just i feel like disney has this checklist of like merchandise opportunities and they're like what have we not capitalized on yet oh yeah and i feel like it's like the the assistant the intern is like uh tarot cards and they're like no 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 not not yet not yet they're
0: like have you gone to hashtag witch talk come on we need them
1: yeah oh yeah (laughs) so it's finally like we've done everything like we've done shirts and we've done this and we've done this we'll Tarot cards are still an option. Okay, let's do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, again, taking this shit mainstream, and I love it. I cannot love it anymore. Yep. Um, So that's all the stuff and all the things on my list, I think. Oh, if you guys are interested in these private spirit sessions, I mean, right now we're pretty much just doing it in the local vicinity of where KJ and I are, which is Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, possibly Michigan. We're working on Michigan because Ursula wants us to head up there. But just go to ParanormalCrossroad.com and you can find out more about that. It's kind of seance meets Tupperware party. Invite some friends. We drink some wine. We, uh, we have a good time. We do have an event we announced in uh, Hamilton County, Indiana, uh, December 3rd at the baker farmhouse we're doing a watch party where we're going to actually uh do the world premiere of the episode we filmed at baker farmhouse this past summer we're gonna have food brought in by send a friend lasagna we're gonna Mm -hmm. have cocktails from hiatus tequila i actually have a, a couple things i think it's Give me two seconds so I can look this up. What is the name of it?
1: Um,
0: the drink I looked up is called Mrs. Claus Wildside Punch. Because we're going oh. for a holiday theme made with hiatus tequila. And uh, yeah, super excited about it. We're going to do a spirit session while we're there. Maybe some oracle card readings. And all that information is at ParanormalCrossroad.com. Cool. That's officially it. So I've got some paranormal in the news. It's really long and I haven't read through it. Um, And I don't know how new this is. I came across it in uh, September 13th, 2021 was when this article was written. But there's news about this guy in the actual Facebook news stories, which I very rarely go to because who wants news other than Britney's free? Yay. You go, girl. (laughs) Um, The headline reads, former Pentagon UFO official Luis Elizondo to reveal shocking details in a new book. So the former director of a secretive U.S. government UFO program is ready to tell his full story. Louise Elizondo, who headed the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, that's a fucking mouthful, uh, to study UFOs around the world, has signed a book deal with William Morrow, an imprint of HarperCollins after a competitive bidding war for the U.S. publishing rights. How mainstream is that? This is a theme.
1: (laughs) What? What? The the book, the-
0: everything's going mainstream in the paranormal world oh yeah a bidding war for this guy's book yep the memoir promises to reveal shocking never before shared details regarding what elizondo Elizondo had learned about UFOs and the profound implications for humanity all of which will escalate what is already a hot topic globally. Former President Barack Obama added on The Late Show in May, "What is true and I'm actually being serious here is that there are there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are and we can't explain how they moved their trajectory. That word is always so hard for me to say." <laughs> They did not have an easily explainable pattern, and so, you know, I think that people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. We all know in June, the Pentagon released a long-awaited report on UFOs, so he is just jumping on the bandwagon. He was a former U.S. Army counterintelligence special agent and helped hunt drug traffickers, terrorists, and spies— In 2008, he was asked to be a part of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a $22 million program sponsored by the then Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid, to study UFOs. In 2010, he was made the director of the program. In 2017, he resigned from his position in protest of excessive government secrecy regarding to UFOs. So there you go. It doesn't say when the book is going to be released, but I can't wait for the audio version.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I have such a hard time thinking that like the government just like selectively let this guy write a book. Yeah. Uh, you have to sign so much stuff away. Whatever shocking information he's going to provide is probably just a differently worded kind of like rehashing of what we already know yeah maybe like a firsthand account that he can put that maybe isn't government specific but i just find it very hard to believe that in his memoir which is probably not going to be all about aliens it's probably one very small chapter about ufos that he is going to maybe talk about like personal experiences that have already been pre-approved yeah by the the pentagon that's one thing but then the more i hear explain like stuff about you know we can't explain it this whole pandemic has been sort of a wake up for me because like you go to the doctor and you ask the doctor like oh but how did it happen and the doctor's like i can't explain it and we've had multiple pandemics over the course of time even dating back before modern medicines and even to this day in 2021 going into 2022 there's still a lot about this that cannot be explained. So the idea of these crafts that we just can't explain in very hard air quotes for those who aren't on the Patreon watching <laughs> this. I'm just finding I think more and more difficult to believe that the we find it hard to explain kind of excuse. Yeah,
0: aren't doctors supposed to know everything? I mean that's how I was raised. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you go to school for all of that stuff, it's just like all, I think the government as well is like your job is, I guess, to protect the country. And if you see something that you can't explain, if you don't feel like it's a threat, it means you've already written it off. Like maybe you don't have a finite, like definite answer of what that thing is that you saw. Yeah. But clearly you've written it off enough or you're not doing your job as someone who is supposed to protect literally. So I don't know. I feel like the older I'm getting and the more situations are occurring in our modern world, the more I'm looking at that sort of, well, they're unidentified and we just can't pin what they are. It's like, well, you clearly pinned them as not a threat or else you would pin what they are. Yeah. Or you would shoot one and take one and, investigate it unless you already have and you're just not telling us you're just masking it by saying like we're telling you everything that we know but you're really not telling us everything you know
0: one million percent
1: they never will Uh -uh. why would they no
0: speaking of all that i am officially on season two of the x-files
1: oh eleven hundred more to go yeah
0: If I'm not a fan of of (laughs) Duchovny's hairstyle right now, I'm like, dude, what is that shit? I liked it better when you look like Chandler from Friends. This is no bueno. But Gillian Anderson gets more and more gorgeous every episode. One million percent.
1: Oh, even to this day and everything that she's in. uh, Sex Education on Netflix. She's just like, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. So gorgeous.
0: I I can't even, and I I'm so pissed that the one chance I had to meet her, I had to just hop in of a photo and hop out. I, there was no speaking to her, no nothing. So
1: oh no,
0: I love her dearly. I think I should know this, but I
1: think you go first. Maybe it's been so long.
0: I know, but I just I just put it the episode, the last episode we recorded just went up friday so um
1: that's right yeah two days ago
0: (laughs) what even is time
1: no nothing well i will say since this is going out i mean i guess it's going to go out on friday i still stand by that the new paranormal activity movie sucks so bad yeah so bad So i just wanted to throw that out yeah okay i guess i'll tell a story
0: (laughs) (laughs) just a reminder people don't watch it
1: yeah no i'm just going to keep reminding everybody probably for the next few weeks maybe for the rest of the year That it's just not good. Okay. So
0: I, and I've been watching a lot of uh, what's the CBS streaming? Oh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. And it always plays a commercial for something on their service before I'm currently watching CSI Miami from the beginning because, god damn it, I love Horatio. There you go. And before every episode, it plays a thing for paranormal activity next of kin. I'm like, it's terrible terrible
1: no it's not good and i don't want more maybe mm-hmm. i do want more but just not of that like don't make a sequel just reboot it again until you get it right yes <laughs> okay so we haven't talked about aliens in a while on this podcast until obviously the Today. parallel in the news <laughs> <laughs> so i figured um if this hasn't been done yet on this podcast over the 150 plus episodes i will be surprised. But I looked through most of the episodes last night, and I did not see it mentioned, which is kind of shocking. This is a story that's still going today. Ooh, uh, so
0: topical that Nick Floyd.
1: It's, I mean, from the '80s to now. So this this story originally happened in the '80s, and it's sort of been building, and it's sort of been this hotbed topic of like UFO activity and whether it's true, and whether this has all been faked but this originally was covered on unsolved mysteries so i am pulling this from unsolved com. they
0: literally will tell you everything said in the episode i love that site
1: it's amazing i'm just like i'm just gonna it's like you know, a script on today's yeah on today's unsolved mysteries so this is uh this takes place in england and this is what is commonly known which i had no idea until i found the story which i'm shocked uh mm. britain's roswell Ooh. is what this this is um it's very cool you can go visit there now after the story it'll sort of explain it there's like a big statue of a ufo that's there i mean they've they're really leaning into it love it um which makes a lot of people question whether it happened mm. so December twenty sixth, nineteen eighty, around two a.m., Airman First Class John Burroughs was on security patrol at Woodbridge Air Base with his partner when they saw an odd bright light come from the Rendlesham Forest, which separates Woodbridge from Bentwaters, another airbase, Which I imagine, to our uh, British listeners, you'll know these locations. I'm assuming. Sorry, we I'm just don't. Not even going to apologize. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. what they were. I think if Woodbridge sounds familiar, but I, I also know it's a wine. Yeah, so that's what
0: I was thinking was the wine.
1: They went back to call their superior from a nearby post, and they were still able to see the light. Almost simultaneously, another security patrol arrived and confirmed it. Which is like, yep, that's a light.
0: <laughs> that right there, gentlemen... Is a light.
1: <laughs> uh almost simultaneously, another security patrol arrived. Did I already say that? I already said You're that. having yeah, the same day I am. Welcome. Jesus to Christ. Alzheimer years old. <laughs> I need two cups of coffee this morning. Anyway, we'll just say sure, another security yeah, patrol showed up. I'm altering the story. A second one showed up and also confirmed it. John and the second team were sent off base to investigate without their weapons because they were leaving American jurisdiction. As they walked into the forest, they could tell the animals were very upset. I'm assuming the animals told them this. Okay, Dr. (laughs) Doolittle. What's that? What's that you say? You're upset? Take me to them. Tell me why you're upset, Woodchuck. (laughs) Woodchuck. They received a radio transmission that contact was made with Heathrow Tower in London. and then an object I know had that been name. Seen... <laughs> yeah, I know Heathrow. <laughs> that one we both know. Uh, an object had been seen over the base, then disappeared. They soon arrived at it, which had a bunch of blue strobing lights, then moved up to the trees and into the sky. Everything felt slower and strange to them until it vanished. For more than two hours, they played an eerie game of cat and mouse with it. At times, it would get closer to the horizon, and to them, then fly away. Which is creepy. Mm -hmm. The events of that night set in motion a chain reaction that would eventually result in the best documented sighting in American military history. Oh, snap. Which is shocking that I have no idea about this at all. Same. Although the government has no comment on the incident, obviously, several witnesses agreed to an interview to tell what happened that night. Five hours after the sighting, John reported to his post commander about the strange light and the commander said they should try to locate any physical evidence. When they arrived, they found impressions in the ground, burn marks on the trees, and other odd evidence. John and the police officer went to the area and showed him the physical evidence that was there. However, the officer dismissed the ground impressions as burrowing forest animals. Just
0: random forest animals? No, like, species or anything? Okay. No. Okay, so I'm not right buying there it. That
1: a forest animal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interestingly, the circles measured an equal distance apart and made a perfect equilateral triangle. Early the next morning, Colonel Charles Halt arrived at Woodbridge Security Headquarters, and he was told about the sightings. He was very skeptical at first, but as he began to investigate, he was surprised at how authentic... They were, and still, to this day, can't explain them. That same night, more lights were spotted, and floodlights were ordered to be set up in the woods. At 9.30 p.m., I'm Colonel picturing
0: Hull a legit scene from X-Files right now. I think they did this in, like,
1: several episodes. Oh, I'm sure... I mean, there's, like, recreations from Unsolved Mysteries on the site, like, the pictures of them redoing it. I'm pretty sure they did this... This is a lot, reminds me of the first episode of X-Files, the premiere. Yes. Where they go to the Air Force Base and they're seeing the lights and all that. Yeah. At 9.30 p.m., Colonel Halt received word of floodlights malfunctioning and other strange things. Base security was immediately dispatched to put more out. Colonel Halt had a professional photographer come with him to take pictures and try to debunk. But when he arrived, several types of military equipment were malfunctioning, including the floodlights. Ooh, yes. hmm <laughs> Colonel Halt and his men went into the woods armed with a tape recorder and other equipment. Sergeant Robert Ball, one of his team members, located a site where they believed a UFO had landed. They got an instrument to do readings on the trees when one of them noticed a red glowing object about a few hundred meters away. It began zigzagging around the pine trees and winking at them. Then as it moved away, they followed it. They found a farmhouse that appeared to be glowing as if it was on fire. As the object began moving toward it, it broke up into five white balls and disappeared. Fuck. Crazy. Yeah. The men began going toward the coast when they looked to the north and saw three objects in the sky that began moving in strange patterns. They believed that those were trying to communicate or warn them. Sergeant Ball believed that it looked like a grid search. Beams of light began shooting out from them and several people at the base also reported the lights. John Burroughs woke up while this was happening and he then saw several blue transparent lights in the sky and one dove toward them, went through a truck, and then went back in the sky. Oh, fuck. It went from (laughs) X-Files to Close Encounters. Yeah, it was like playing with them. At virtually the same moment, Colonel Halt and his men noticed an object in the sky that was coming toward them at a tremendous rate of speed, and a beam of light came down within feet of them. Then it disappeared, and Colonel Halt went from a skeptic to a believer.
0: I'm a believer.
1: Oh, oh, where'd it go? The next day, Colonel I mean, I could halt sing some more if you want me to. <laughs> no, I won't. The next day, Colonel Holt played the tape to his boss, and he agreed with him and told him to write an incident report. His boss then sent it and the tape to a staff meeting and everyone was confused and nobody knew what to do. It was sent to the to it was sent to British military authorities who did not act on it. Then, in nineteen eighty three, a private citizen used the Freedom of Information Act to release it. Oh. Alright. He said, Pull the receipts. However, many are not convinced. Some people that some believe that Jesus Christ, <laughs> some believe that the sightings were really just a meteor shower, but the people that saw them are convinced that it was not a meteor shower or a figment of their imagination. Colonel Halt found that in January 1981 and nine months later that there were more sightings near Woodbridge. In total, 15 men claim to have seeing the unusual phenomenon at Bentwaters and Woodbridge during the first incident. To this day, nobody can fully explain what really happened in December 1980 in Rendlesham Forest. Wow. And it goes on. I mean, if you want more information about Rendlesham, you just, just Google Rendlesham Forest incident, and there are many reports that are just like, this happened and this happened and this happened and this is still happening, and people... think someone was abducted as well that they claim but this is the og like fully documented britain roswell
0: so i mean meteor showers first of all lame ass excuse especially if the lights are going through trucks because i feel like if it was a meteor it would have literally went through the truck and there would be evidence and to play devil's advocate i mean is there any what's the word i'm looking for is there any reports of, like, mass hallucinations? Is that ever really a thing?
1: I, I mean, maybe at, like, high altitudes, okay. I feel like. Maybe, maybe long nights and high altitudes specifically. But if they were just working on the base and were just kind of taking yeah. up shifts, I don't see how it could be written off as mass hallucinations. Mm. Also, I don't think if they could write that off, they wouldn't file... Be requested to file an incident report.
0: Right. No. Absolutely. I just wondered if so. mass hallucinations were ever a thing because I mean, I believe. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, the excuse that the meteor shower was so lame. I'm surprised they didn't come up with mass hallucination.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a that's a risky thing to say, especially when it comes to like military. Is that if you oh, throw yeah. that around? Oh, yeah, and you're like. It was a mass hallucination, then immediately, because I think they were Americans that were on British soil, but they had American jurisdiction, from what I can gather from the story, is it maybe the British government would be like, if you call this a mass hallucination, what the hell are these people doing? Like, do not, if, they're, if there's a mass hallucination, get them off, fly some more troops over, and let's start over. Yeah, Exactly. Because that's like a security issue, I I would think. I
0: can't believe they didn't have a camcorder out there with them. I mean, it was the, the 80s. I feel like they were around in some way, shape, or form. The early 80s? Even just like a Betamax? Maybe. I, mean, I, sh- I don't know. I, I mean, mean it is a go- you'd need some money at that point, for sure. But I'm right. sure the government had the money, so.
1: Yeah. It depends on if it was like a shared contract between the United States and one in Britain Mm -hmm. and who's who was funding the project so if it was like if America was there for Britain Britain might not have put in the budget like yeah we'll have some cameras on we'll have some security footage we'll have this yeah could have just been like I want to know more about the purpose of being there and where these lights came from but yeah it's pretty crazy because it's still I mean you can visit it Today and walk through the forest, and I think you can camp out there as well. Oh wow,
0: that hashtag yeah. goals right there!
1: I want to go. It sounds yeah. very cool.
0: I love it. I love it. So is Roswell? Can you do the same thing where the crash was? Mm-hmm. You can go like tour. I'm sure you can't camp, but you can actually go well, see it. There's
1: the there's the what's it called like the Alien Inn or something? The Alien, which is a motel that's the closest to Area 51 Mm. and the Roswell incident and there's like the black mailbox and there's I mean there's lots of different things you can do that are very like tourist tourist driven yeah Yeah.
0: very cool very cool we'll take a short break and I'll come back and we're going to talk werewolves are you ready for that shit?
1: oh that's new
0: okay let's do that extra extra read all about it okay so that was lame but we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there and this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files get your merch on things are a little crazy in the world right now but you know what makes it better our fur babies of course whether you're a dog person or a cat person a fish person a bird person Maybe you like turtles. I mean, most of those last ones don't have any fur, but you know what I mean. It always helps to save a little money. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy to save a little money on our fur babies and help support Oddity Files, the podcast. It's so easy to do. Just head to tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. Do it. Is it time to spruce up the place? Are those cobwebs not really decorations? Do you just need a change? Well, I've got the deal for you. Dot and Bo has so much to offer. Everything from just sprucing up the bathroom with new towels to light fixtures Living room furniture, bedroom furniture, even office furniture. They have everything from the top trends today. Or maybe you're just looking for that haunted mansion type vibe. And I mean same. Dot and Bo has everything you need. So head on over to tinyurl.com dot and promo. Help out the podcast, spruce up the place. I mean, we don't want Aunt Susan walking in again this holiday season saying, Oh, nothing's changed, do we? Do it now. tinyurl.com slash dot and bow promo. One thing the pandemic has taught us is comfy is key. Am I right? You need to check out Fabletics with styles for both men and women, whether you're working out while listening to Oddity Files or, you know, just hanging out on the couch watching something creepy on TV. And now with this exclusive Oddity Files promo URL, which is tinyurl.com slash fableticsvip, you can save 70% off of everything or get $12 bottoms when you buy two. Head to tinyurl.com slash Fabletics VIP. New VIP members exclusive 70% off statewide offer valid in select Fabletics products on the first order you place as a new VIP member and is subject to availability at fabletics.com. Offer cannot be applied to previous purchases or the purchase of gift cards and cannot be redeemed for cash. Offer cannot be combined with any other offer, promotion, or discount. Discount is automatically applied at checkout. No promo code necessary. Just head to tinyurl.com slash fabletics VIP. Tell them Oddity Files sent you. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash fabletics VIP. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get And you'll automatically get seven days free of this all-horror, all-the-time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans, Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash get shutter. tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot, of Bones Coffee Company coffee. They want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup bones coffee company you drink you guys this is amazing first and foremost i love coffee i love wine and i love bourbon but i love coffee so check it out and help out the podcast go to tinyurl.com slash bones coffee get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast we appreciate you Wondering if your loved ones are around you? Wish there was a way to find out? Now you can. Introducing Paranormal Crossroad Spirit Sessions. In home, in person. Limited time only. Book now at ParanormalCrossroad.com. Like the idea of an escape room, but don't want to leave the house? (laughs) I feel ya. Have you heard of Hunt a Killer? It's this really neat concept and it's delivered straight to your home. And you know what? They need homebody detectives just like you. After her sister Beth's death is declared an accident, Gwen needs you to help prove she was murdered. Sort through evidence, piece together clues, and catch the killer in this gripping murder mystery game. It's like an escape room delivered to your door Every month, find out why Bustle says a massive, intricate murder mystery. Does this not literally sound like a dream come true for any true crime fan? Or the Washington Post says it's not for the faint of heart. Is this calling your name? Does this sound like your jam? Head to tinyurl.com/huntakillerpromo to get your murder mystery sent to your door. Today. That's tinyurl.com slash hunt a promo. Are you aware I wrote a book? <laughs> of course you are, unless you're a first time listener. I wrote a book called I'd Rather Talk to Dead People about my experiences at some of the most notoriously haunted locations in the world. Find out why Johnny G's Beat says, one of my 2020 favorites, or why Christina says, wonderfully written and exciting. Katie says, it's one of her best reads ever. Corey says, it's paranormal investigating with heart. Head on over to amazon.com or Barnes and Noble com and just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by me, Kitsy Duncan. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's way funnier for Nick and I when I do that because then, anyway, I'm not even going to explain it. Just enjoy <laughs> our awkward laughter every time <laughs> we come back. Um, yep. Okay, so my story starts like this. As this podcast... No, no,
1: no. No,
0: no, no. Oh, I've got it in there.
1: Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I remember it this time. Um, I was I was nervous. <laughs> I, I need it. I need it in my life.
0: As this podcast is soaring toward 200,000 downloads, I was looking into some stats and thanks Ohio, being where most of our new listeners are coming from. Go Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. It, Florida's number two, Indiana, I'm way down there. I don't even under... What even is the Hoosier State? Come on, fuckers. Florida's number two. Yes. Okay. I I need my home state to fucking listen to my fucking podcast. <laughs> um, but let's go Buckeyes. And recently I came across an Ohio legend I knew nothing about. So uh, as my way of saying thank you to Ohio, I'm going to tell you all about the story of the defiance werewolf. And that story goes, a little something... Like this. <laughs> Defiance, Ohio is a city in the county seat of Defiance County, Ohio, about 50 miles southwest of Toledo and 47 miles northeast of Fort Wayne, Indiana, in Ohio's northwestern corner. The population is about 16,494 as of the 2010 census, but more importantly, it's a place that reported a rash of werewolf sightings in the early 1970s, and it's a legend that still persists to this day. The Werewolf of Defiance is one of those local legends that sounds a lot like a classic horror movie. On July 25th, 1972, Railroad railroad worker Ted Davis was on the Norfolk and Western train tracks near 5th Street on July 25th. I already said it was July 25th. When he re-encountered a creature, he was working when he spotted two large hairy paws on the ground in front of him. He raised his eyes and saw a huge hairy creature, six to eight feet tall, hunched over slightly and wielding a two-by-four. It's it's what he said, so I'm going to go with it. The creature then struck Davis on the shoulder before running off into the woods. Davis later told the Toledo Blade, I saw these two hairy feet, and then I looked up, and he was standing there with a big stick over his shoulder. When I started to say something, he took off for the woods. So there's two versions of this story. One of it." One of the versions, he has the two before and struck him with it. The second one is he had a stick. He wasn't struck with it, and he just ran away. So there's... trying to help. Maybe. Um, the creature was also described as having hairy feet that were huge fangs, and it ran from side to side like a caveman in the movies. What? So, I don't know what movies they're talking about when you run zigzag. I thought that's what you do when you're trying to run away from an alligator.
1: Or an arrow. Like if someone's trying to shoot an arrow at you, you zig- <laughs> you got a serpentine pattern. Okay. you got to run away from Was it wearing pants?
0: It didn't say. I'm picturing it, honestly, <laughs> in a flannel shirt and ripped up jeans. I'm not going to lie. I think it was a Halloween costume I saw once. I-
1: It very much could be. I'm also very disappointed in all of the werewolf sightings throughout history. No one ever describes the genitals of the werewolf. Because there's a large part of me that's like, if this werewolf is standing tall, and it's just like...
0: It's going to have some dangly bits.
1: Yeah, it's going to be there. Like, it's going to exist. You don't just, like, turn in, go from man to werewolf, and just, like, lose your... Your, your bits. Unless like it's in like the a
0: Ken doll and maybe they don't procreate. Who
1: knows? Yeah, or there's like a hair flap, like an opposite of a kangaroo pouch. It's <laughs> just like a little loincloth made be. out of hair. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either.
0: Later the same night, a motorist who was a grocery star- store worker in some articles. In some articles, it was just a motorist. Claims to have <sighs> seen the same thing and said, hard quotes, it ran in front of his car at about 4 a.m., and then quickly disappeared. Again, no mention of clothing, Nick, or sex genitals. (laughs) A A few days later, on July 30th, both Ted Davis and another railroad worker, Tom Jones, spotted the creature again. This time it was at a distance. They saw the beast crawling through some bushes, and then it ran away when it was seen, and the men heard a scream coming from a nearby road in the direction... The creature had bolted
1: he's screaming out there damn it spotted again I feel like that's what it is, is it's like it's a it's just a railroad worker who keeps not knowing that he's turned into a werewolf yeah. and so he's like rocking up to go get to work with these guys and the way he like sees how they look at them and he's like shit, shit I'm a werewolf I'm gonna go sit this one out for a little while
0: <laughs> in, in one article I read the first spotting was the night before the full moon but then this is five days later and is nowhere near a full moon. So who knows? I don't I don't even understand werewolves. I don't either. Another uh woman reported a scratching at her door telling the police that if whatever it was got inside She was going to shoot it. Um, and, And as we know, in a small town, nothing stays quiet for too long. About a week after the initial events, the local newspaper caught wind of the unusual story. And the headlines wrote, horror movie now playing on Fifth Street. The press ran with this crazy story, straight out of a drive-in creature feature, and the locals ate it up like candy in a five-year-old's pillowcase on Halloween night. Here's what some of the terrified residents were quoted as saying at the time. Hard quotes. Police were called to one woman's house adjacent to the train tracks. She had not seen it, but reports about it put her in, another set of hard quotes, a state of shock. End quotes, hard quotes twice. There we go. Here's another quote. They say, he has hair all over and he's about seven feet tall. From what I've heard, I can say this guy is ugly as hell. Okay. You know, whatever sells the newspaper. And the last one is, if I see him, the police are going to find out who he is. That's because they'll have to take him to the hospital to get the buckshot out. So that guy,
1: (laughs) he had plans. For Mr. Werewolf. Gonna take him. I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. I'm just going to injure him enough to where they're going to have to take him to the hospital. He'll live. But there, will be, be the shot. there will be buckshot. Like, <laughs> what a non-threatening threat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ohio shit. I mean, they're like the yeah. Canada. <laughs> Needless to say, the entire northwest corner of Ohio was werewolf crazy. There's much speculation over what exactly the creature was. Many of the eyewitnesses insist that the creature was a werewolf. They described a beast that was clearly not human and somewhat aggressive. Police, however, took a more logical approach and speculated the attacks and the sightings might have been a local townsperson wearing a mask. But then where do you get the hairy feet from? I can't imagine costumes back then were as elaborate as you can buy at Party City nowadays. And as anything in the news, the press stopped reporting it after it stopped selling papers. And that was it to the big werewolf scare of 1972. But I little I did a little digging and found a couple more recent sightings on, get, get a load of this website name, dogmanencounters.com which is just full of people's encounters with dogmen slash werewolf. All sightings in Ohio were submitted anonymously. Here's one from March 2005. And I quote from Anonymous. Okay, this took a lot of courage because I've been ridiculed so much for what happened to me. My grandfather owned a cabin. I'm not disclosing the location of it due to the fact that I don't want anything to happen to anyone. Anyway, my grandfather's cabin was his way of getting the family together for holidays so he could have a nice Sunday dinner with all of us. One day, all of a sudden, that all stopped abruptly. He wouldn't allow anyone but himself to visit the cabin, and we all looked forward to going and cherished it for years. I'd ask him why he was doing that. He never told me why, but when he passed, he left the place to me. I inherited the cabin of my childhood and was ecstatic about that. But it was soon after that I realized why he did what he did. I'd go out for a walk in the woods on game trails, which were everywhere. I know these woods like I know my own home, so I never had any reason to fear them. It was on one of these walks that I encountered what people call dog men. I was walking just like any other time. Nothing was different. It was then, on one of the game trails, I noticed an offshoot. A small trail went only six or seven feet back. I could see that something had bedded down there. I thought it was a deer. I then walked into the bedded area, and I soon realized that this was an ambush point for whatever made this bedded area, and it was massive. My arm hairs stood erect, and a chill literally ran down my spine. I felt as if I was being watched from different vantage points since it was nighttime. I had a tracking flashlight on my sidearm, the latter of which I drew and kept at the ready. I genuinely feared for my life at this point. All of a sudden, an ungodly growl made... Nope. An ungodly growl was made to my right, about 10 to 15 yards from me. I pissed myself. It was so terrifying. I didn't immediately run, fearing whatever it might be, taking me as threatening. I turned and started heading back to the main trail, and when I was about five minutes from the back door of my cabin, this thing let out a howl. I swear it felt like it went right through my body. Then I proceeded to run. As soon as I did, this thing was chasing me. For every five steps I took, this thing was taking one. That's how fast this dog man was. I heard the sounds of branches being ripped off trees. I could have sworn I felt the vibration of it running after me. I barely made it to my cabin and slammed the door, locking the two deadbolts and the chain lock. I then turned on my spotlight and shined it into the tree line. There were three sets of eyes in the tree line that shined vivid yellow with enormous black pupils. I felt as if the thing could read my mind, but I'm not sure it could. All I know is that I'm alive and have since heard them many times, but I don't take night hikes anymore and haven't for years. I mean, that's kind of terrifying. No actual yes. sighting of it, but still fucking terrifying. And I have one more story. There were stories all over this website, um, but this was another good one from dogmanencounters.com. This one happened in 2015. And I quote, it was about 6 or 7 p.m. and right at dusk. I was in a hunting blind on the edge of a ravine overlooking a creek about 30 feet down and just beyond that cornfield. I was trying to call a few in because not a, few, because not a week passed after one of the neighbor's cows was mutilated and we all assumed it to be from a coyote. Well, it was getting very dark and I was about to leave when I heard steps walking up behind me. I called out in a low voice to my father-in-law, thinking it was him, letting him know I acknowledged his presence and lowered my crossbow. When I looked out the mesh window, I did not see him, and I was perplexed that he did not call back. This is when I heard sniffing right behind the blind, not three feet away. I was taken aback and excited, thinking that this must have been the coyote to come see what was in distress. I turned slowly in my chair, raising my crossbow, and that is when I heard the growl. It was very deep, very guttural, and I felt a deep dread fall over me. I knew that whatever had growled that deep was much larger than a coyote. I laid my crossbow down and grabbed my 45 ACP sidearm I always carry while hunting and started to pray. I felt like I was in serious danger. I might have a fight on my hands. I, I had been attacked by a wild dog before and still have the scars to this day. When then I saw walking away from the tent changed the course of my life and popped a safety, safety bubble, I didn't even realize I had been living my whole life while out hunting or spending time in the woods. I watched a wolf on its hind legs walk away from my blind along the edge of the ravine, then jump down and disappeared out of my sight. I exhaled and realized I was holding my breath, shaking and holding the 45 up and ready. This creature was at least as tall as me, and I'm 5'10", and he was hunched down while walking away. So he had to be at least seven feet standing upright. His fur was dark gray, and his back was heavily muscled, very defined. His arms were long and looked like he had hands, and I could see the tops of his ears over his hunched back. I never did see his face, but he had legs of a canine. I felt frozen and in disbelief. I wanted to both run as fast as I could out of there and also be still and ready in case this thing came back. After about a minute of deep breathing, I readied my things and slowly eased out of the blind, keeping my firearm up and sweeping the area as I moved toward my truck about 300 yards away. It was the hardest thing not to run full sprint, but darkness was coming on quick and I did not want to be out there late with whatever that thing was. I made it to my truck, sped out of there as fast as I could. Since that night, I've been struggling with what I saw and went through. Wait a minute. What, what happened to his father-in-law? Did he just fucking leave him there?
1: <laughs> he fed him in the wolf.
0: I guess. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was trying to be all serious here. Since that night, I've been struggling with what I saw and went through. It's hard to talk to others. My family is very proper and practical and would reduce what I saw to mere shadow making of a coyote seem bigger or some such. It's comforting to know that after researching that there are others who have seen things like this, and I feel better just writing this out. One other thing happened that I'd like to share I moved to an old house about 10 miles away from the land where I was hunting, and for about a week, my two-year-old daughter would tell me about the bad wolf outside. This was about two years after my hunting incident, so I didn't think much of it at first. But she kept going on and on about the bad wolf outside, so I started to get concerned. I told her to come to get me when she saw it again one night at about 8 p.m. she comes to me bad wolf outside and she leads me to her room on the second story and tells me to look out the window we have a floodlight out back a huge chicken coop and a run area of about 50 yards um, and then about 10 more yards past that is the wood line i scan outside the yard and see nothing I look around the coop, thinking maybe it's my neighbor's dogs trying to get to my chickens, and I see nothing. And then I look at the wood line, and I see it. Just before, I see a large wolf creature standing in the woodline, straight up and staring right at us. It was standing right behind a large wooden cross I had put up just at the woodline. The cross is about nine feet tall, and this creature was shorter, but not by much. Again, I was frozen, but this time I was angry because it was at my home. It was watching my daughter and probably my entire family for who knows how long. I picked up my daughter and stared right back at this thing. It had yellowish glowing eyes from the floodlight reflection. I carry her and call my son into the room while trying to stay calm. I put them both on the bed. And go into my gun safe and grab my 45-70 lever rifle. I don't know anything about guns. And head to the window and see that it's gone. I didn't sleep much that night and had had the kids sleep with my wife and I. I was staring outside for a long while. I've not seen it or any other since. And I pray I never do. And there you go, kiddos, dogman, or werewolf, whatever you want to call it. I sure as hell don't want to run into one anytime soon, but Ohio has them. to thunk? My wingmen, aside from dogmanencounters.com, were paranorm101.blackspot.com, astonishinglegends.com, armed-with-silver.com, and Cle Weekend. Dot com.
1: It doesn't feel like it's hurting anybody, though. No, you're not straight like murdering anybody. What if they're all just like protectors of the woods, just making sure you're getting home safe?
0: What if it's just an elven bigfoot because its its ears are pointy as opposed to our bud bigfoot?
1: Yeah, it could be, or it could be like friends. Like, what if they're friends who just God, I hope Like so. learned learned how to control their thirst for blood. And they're just like writing out their transformation until the morning.
0: Well, there was that one mutilated
1: cow. Well, at least they're only going after cows and not people.
0: I mean, we eat cows too.
1: Yeah. What's the difference?
0: So I've I've never looked into any kind of werewolf slash dog man story before. It was interesting. Um, I kind of wish it would have said whether it had clothes on or not because... Yeah. I mean, is this just always a wolf man slash dog man? Or is it like, you know, creature feature drive-in movies where the full moon comes out and you turn into said werewolf slash dog man? I I want inquiring minds want to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I if I were the if I were the mayor of that town, (laughs) I would find the rec center and I would make the whole town go in the rec center for a night during a full moon and see if someone transforms
0: fuck yeah that's genius nick
1: i mean like let's just make some sort of effort
0: (laughs) literally it's really not even that much of an effort it's a good time everybody can i mean probably should have done it covid pre-covid but absolutely i'm in behind that idea one million percent you should write them
1: be like hey i have this idea yeah (laughs)
0: yeah. <laughs> Email coming your way Oh my
1: yeah. god! If it transforms though There's like everyone's at risk And people could die I mean we just have to Have everyone sign waivers Or whatever Just don't give him a two before Slash stick Yeah He was trying to help With the railroad He didn't realize he had transformed
0: You know maybe he thought Some construction needed To be done there
1: Yeah He's like here Oh shit I'm a werewolf Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, kids. Have you seen a werewolf? Have you seen a dog, man? We want to know, which leads us to our listener story of the week. Since my story was a little longish, it's been a hot minute. I've, we got a short little story coming in, but that does not make you, the listener, exempt from sending in your stories to Oddity Files crew. You've got them. We need them. So send them in. Do it. Okay, this week's story. The subject line was a tiny ghost story from Julie. Oh, And it is super tiny. This is a short but creepy story. I have two dogs, one named Zelda, the other Sheldon, and I'm usually alone with them in the evenings due to my hubby working second shift at our local hospital, which is wicked haunted, by the way. I promise to send in a few of those stories soon. One night, I went into our back hallway, which contains my washer and dryer, a linen cupboard, and a large freezer. I was poking around in the freezer looking for something when I heard Zelda trotting through the kitchen towards me. She knows there's food in the freezer, and she's a little obsessed. Oh, my God, my dogs are so bad with begging now. It's ridiculous. I'm blaming Chris, but it's my fault, too. Um, she had just reached the doorway into the hallway when I heard a female voice loudly call her name, Zelda, from the kitchen. And that's the end of her story. Short and sweet.
1: Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. That's what everyone needs to know. Is that That's all it takes. You don't need to write a, a novel. I mean, we all so can't be little, Evan. Just give us a little piece. Give us a little slice of the pie.
0: Absolutely. That was perfect, though. I love it. I would love to know. If you, if you've heard anything since, um, yeah. How long ago did this happen? Did the dog react?
1: I, you know, this. I would love this listener story concept of like send us just your experience as well. So if you have a story, tell a story. If you have a tale or a legend or a campfire story that you heard growing up, tell us that story. Yeah. If you have an experience, tell us that experience, and we'll ask follow up questions. And then you can send in answers to those follow up questions, and we can read that. Genius! Look at the infinite good possibilities. possibilities.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, funny story. I didn't figure out that um, Anna had followed me home from Culbertson Mansion until I saw one of my dogs playing with nobody. So I feel like dogs are a good, you know, the the, the ghosts love dogs. If you're a dog lover in life, you're a dog lover in death. Yep
1: agreed yes
0: so send in those stories people it's oddity files crew at com. i do like the follow-up idea so julie answer our questions send them in and we'll read it as a listener story we're desperate people okay
1: it's true <laughs> in more ways than one
0: oh, god uh that's our show for this week <laughs> we are oddity files the podcast tell a friend you know, tell tell the creepy guy at Starbucks, tell your barista. I don't care who listens. I just want more people to listen to these amazing stories. Um, you can find all the stuff and all the things Oddity Files at flow.page slash oddityfiles. A huge shout out to our Patreon producers, Doug Mulden Muldenlock who we are recording this on his birthday. Happy birthday, oh. Mr. President. Um, Ryan Hoke and uh, Donald Blanchflower. Our Patreon page, if you'd like to watch as you listen to these episodes, I put up some videos a couple times a week, just weird shit. Sometimes, sometimes it's cool shit. Sometimes it's just, hey, I forgot to post today. Here's something um, at patreon.com slash oddity files. But I am Kitsy Duncan and weird is the new cool.
1: I am Nick Floyd. Happy birthday, Doug. Ghost on.
0: Happy birthday, Mr. President.
1: And we'll stop there. <laughs> no, keep going.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page/slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you spreading the word. Please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening. Again, all things Oddity Files at flow.page slash oddity Theme music provided by James Grice, edited by me. Take care. We'll see you next time. No, you won't. You'll hear us next time. Bye.